And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another, which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the one who will be here with you each and every Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness change maker that is also out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can hear me discussing topics such as my favorite thought-provoking quotes, reading and discussing wisdom from empowering books, playing clips from various inspirational spiritual teachers, sharing a bit of mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and essentially digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a consistent basis. Also, I'm thrilled to announce that the Positive Head Podcast has a new sponsor. And it's a bit of a mouthful for me to explain all the juicy details. So if you've already heard this, feel free to skip forward about two minutes to get to today's episode. When I originally launched this podcast, I made a deal with myself that I'd never bring on a sponsor that I wasn't extremely excited about and that I didn't believe wholeheartedly could greatly benefit my audience. Well, fast forward a little over a year later to Burning Man 2016, where I caught the angelic lightworker Sonia Sophia from the World Tapping Circle facilitating a live tapping session for hundreds of people at once, many of whom, including myself, were either crying or laughing with joy from the emotional release the session had helped facilitate for them. At the end, as soon as I heard Sonia mention her incredible new online platform to help bring the powerful tool of tapping to people anywhere around the world, I knew I had to contact her. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with tapping or EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, its praises have been sung by the likes of Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, many, many other thought leaders in the consciousness community. Uh, It's an extremely powerful quantum level self-healing tool based on the premise that emotional trauma contributes greatly to disease and illness, and by tapping on key meridians on your body while addressing those traumas, you can release the deeply ingrained energy blockages associated with them. I believe tapping is the perfect physical exercise to go along with the heart and mind work we're consistently doing on this podcast, and it's by far the simplest exercise I've seen to help remove people's energetic blockages. Now, The World Tapping Circle offers a lot of flexibility to join their healing circle, which takes place live every Monday night. I personally recommend signing up for the yearly plan and committing yourself to tapping for the next 12 months. 
Also, Sonia's team has been gracious enough to offer a huge 35% discount off the yearly plan to Positive Head listeners only. This is exclusively for this show. So if you'd like to sign up and receive the special Positive Head discount and get tapping immediately, simply go to worldtappingcircle.com forward slash Positive Head. Hope to see y'all in circle. All right, all you positive heads, welcome back to another episode of the Positive Head Podcast. It is Magical Monday as I start this recording, and uh, very, very happy to be here with you all to connect again, and uh, yeah, find some interesting, inspiring, vibrationally uplifting things to talk about, actually. Uh, I have uh, yeah, something that I've done a little bit of before that we're going to revisit, reading from uh, a book of mine that's an old favorite, that's short, sweet, and powerful. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, before we do jump into the uh, the book, I would uh, like to read a review. I've got a review on iTunes from, uh, let's see here, Ever Outlaw. Very short and sweet, he says, or she says, whoever the outlaw is, says, Positivity Plus, a peaceful place to land beginning each week, insightful, thoughtful, and and enthusiastic, a much-needed dose of positivity. Ever Outlaw, thank you for dosing my magical Monday with uh, positivity by completing the circle of love and, uh, yeah, feeding it back to me. And it certainly fuels me to continue doing what I'm doing here to uh, to get good feedback like this. And if you guys haven't uh, reviewed on iTunes or anywhere else out there, you know, there's other other places to review Podbean and you know other other uh, apps and you know places where podcasts reside. Um, but iTunes certainly is like the holy grail of all things podcasting, and it's uh, you guys have been so great reviewing and uh, sharing with friends and family. It means the world to me. It's like I said, it helps to to not only reach new people. You're helping me to spread the positivity, and that is uh, that's a good thing. Uh, definitely a good thing. So thank you guys. Uh, let's see here. Where let me open this book. I'm gonna just jump right in. Right. It's uh, it's a book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. It was written in 1994 by uh, Deepak Chopra. Many of you guys have probably heard his name um, or read his books, seen him on TV, that sort of thing. Um, And it is, uh, let's see here. So The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success was uh, originally written and released in 1994. So I read it a long, long time ago. Uh, Kind of the subtitle, A Practical Guide to the Fulfillment of Your Dreams. So um, I like how it's broken up into, you know, seven bite-sized sort of laws for us to ponder and consider. And as I read through it, uh, I may uh, stop here and there just to throw in my two cents or 10 cents, as you guys know. Usually it's more than two cents around here, but uh, you know I do. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I'm going to just dive right in and start reading this thing. I think it's going to, you know, and here and there I'll pick up chapters. The chapters are pretty, you know, relatively short. And uh, yeah, I think this will be good. I know it had a big impact on me many, many years ago when I read it. So I wanted to share. It's been kind of in the back of my mind for a while that I wanted to share this with you guys as a, as a good, you know, there's a lot of books out there that are super long, lengthy, deep, and wouldn't really be appropriate on the show. 
but uh, just for that reason, uh, because of course I'm trying to the the aim with the daily shows is to make them bite sized and not too too long. Um, so this is perfect for that. <clears throat> Let's see here. I'm going to read the introduction first. And this is Deepak Chopra, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Although this book is titled The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, it could also be called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Life because these are the same principles that nature uses to create everything in material existence, everything we can see, hear, smell, taste, or touch. In my book, Creating Affluence, Wealth Consciousness in the Field of All Possibilities, I have outlined the steps to wealth consciousness based on a true understanding of the workings of nature. The seven spiritual laws of success form the essence of this teaching. When this knowledge is incorporated in your consciousness, it will give you the ability to create unlimited wealth with effortless ease and to experience success in every endeavor. Success in life could be defined as the continued expansion of happiness and the progressive realization of worthy goals. Success is the ability to fulfill your desires with effortless ease. And yet success, including the creation of wealth, has always been considered to be a process that required hard work, and it is often considered to be at the expense of others. We need a more spiritual approach to success and to affluence, which is the abundant flow of all good things to you. With the knowledge and practice of spiritual law, we put ourselves in harmony with nature and create with carefreeness, joy, and love. There are many aspects to success. Material wealth is only one component. Moreover, success is a journey, not a destination. Material abundance in all its expressions happens to be one of those things that makes the journey more enjoyable. But success also includes good health, energy and enthusiasm for life, fulfilling relationships, creative freedom, emotional and psychological stability, a sense of well-being, and peace of mind. Even with the experience of all these things, we will remain unfulfilled unless we nurture the seeds of divinity inside us. In reality, we are divinity in disguise, and the gods and goddesses in embryo that are contained within us seek to be fully materialized. True success is therefore the experience of the miraculous. It is the unfolding of the divinity within us. It is the unfolding of the divinity within us. It is the perception of divinity wherever we go and whatever we perceive in the eyes of a child, in the beauty of a flower, in the flight of a bird. When we begin to experience our life as the miraculous expression of divinity, not occasionally, but all the time, then we will know the true meaning of success. Before defining the seven spiritual laws, let us understand the concept of law. Law is the process by which the unmanifest becomes the manifest. It's the process by which the observer becomes the observed. It's the process by which the seer becomes the scenery. It's the process through which the dreamer manifests the dream. All of creation, everything that exists in the physical world, is the result of the unmanifest transforming itself into the manifest. Everything that we behold comes from the unknown. Our physical body, the physical universe, anything and everything that we can perceive through our senses is the transformation of the unmanifest, unknown, and invisible into the manifest, manifest known and visible. The physical universe is nothing other than the self curving back within itself to experience itself as spirit, mind, and physical matter. In other words, all processes of creation are processes through which the self or divinity express itself. Consciousness in motion expresses itself as the objects of the universe in the eternal dance of life. The source of all creation is divinity or the spirit. 
The process of creation is divinity in motion, or the mind, and the object of creation is the physical universe, which includes the physical body. These three components of reality, spirit, mind, and body, or observer, the process of observing, and the observed, are essentially the same thing. They all come from the same place, the field of pure potentiality, which is purely unmanifest. The physical laws of the universe are actually the whole process of divinity in motion, or consciousness in motion. When we understand these laws and apply them in our lives, anything we want can be created, because the same laws that nature uses to create a forest, or a galaxy, or a star, or a human body can also bring about the fulfillment of our deepest desires. Now, let's go over the seven spiritual laws of success and see how we can apply them in our lives. Great intro, huh? So, uh, this makes me think instantly of uh, a meme that I'm not even sure what the source of it is. It's so beautiful and profound that uh, Kristen, uh, one of the members of the Positive Heads Facebook group, which, by the way, if you haven't joined that group, please do so. You should do so if you want to connect with uh, a bunch of uh, other amazing uh, Soul Family Positive Head listeners. Um, and this uh, particular posting, oh, I just love it. It it says, this is it, and I am it, and you are it, and so is that, and he is it, and she is it, and it is it, and that is that. <laughs> so such a beautiful, uh, just I love it, love it, love it. So instantly kind of makes me think of that, um, hearing uh, Deepak here uh, talk about the, the, you know, pure potentiality, what we come from, and, and the idea of you know that we don't have to you it's sort of like working smarter not harder what we're talking about here getting in flow with creation as opposed to trying to you know everyone's trying to so many people are trying to work do things you know outside of themselves uh, manipulate external circumstances to their advantage in some way to create what they want and this is uh, sort of counterproductive when it's working it's like working on the effect instead of the cause kind of thing. It's like, why are you working on something that's outside of you that's really just a reflection of the internal uh, process that you're going through? So, yeah. Anyway, let's dig in a little bit more here and see. uh, Start with chapter one, the law of pure potentiality. And uh, right at the top of the, the main chapter one page, it says, the source of all creation is pure consciousness, pure potentiality seeking expression from the unmanifest to the manifest. And when we realize that our true self is one of pure potentiality, we align with the power that manifests everything in the universe. In the beginning, there was neither existence nor non-existence. All this world was unmanifest energy. The one breathed without breath by its own power. Nothing else was there. That's the hymn of, from the hymn of creation, the Rig Veda. The first spiritual law of success is the law of pure potentiality. The, this law is based on the fact that we are, in our essential state, pure consciousness. Pure consciousness is pure potentiality. It is the field of all possibilities and infinite creativity. Pure consciousness is our spiritual essence. Being infinite and unbounded, it is also pure joy. Other attributes of consciousness are pure knowledge, infinite silence, perfect balance, invincibility, simplicity, and bliss. This is our essential nature. 
Our essential nature is one of pure potentiality. Real quick, I'll throw in here. I always say you're an infinite being that's always been and always will be. Change is guaranteed. What else matters? You are invincible is what he said. You know, you, you will always be. So why are we so nervous about everything? <laughs> we can relax. That invincibility should empower you. Anyway, moving along. Here we go. When you discover your essential nature and know who you really are, in that knowing itself is the ability to fulfill any dream you have because you are the eternal possibility, the immeasurable potential of all that was, is, and will be. The law of pure potentiality could also be called the law of unity because underlying the infinite diversity of life is the unity of one all-pervasive spirit. There is no separation between you and this field of energy. The field of pure potentiality is your own self. And the more you experience your true nature, the closer you are to the field of pure potentiality. The experience, the experience of the self or self-referral means that our internal reference point is our own spirit and not the object of our experience. The opposite of self-referral is object referral. In object referral, we are always influenced by objects outside the self, which includes situations, circumstances, people, and things. In object referral, we are constantly seeking the approval of others. Our thinking and our behavior are always in anticipation of a response. It is therefore fear-based. In object referral, we also feel an intense need to control things. We feel an intense need for external power, the need for approval, the need to control things, and the need for external power are needs that are based on fear. This kind of power is not the power of pure potentiality or the power of the self or real power. When we experience the power of the self, there's an absence of fear. There is no compulsion to control and no struggle for approval or external power. In object referral, your internal reference point is your ego. The ego, however, is not who you really are. The ego is your self-image. It is your social mask. It is the role you are playing. Your social mask thrives on approval. It wants to control, and it is sustained by power because it lives in fear. Your true self, which is your spirit, your soul, is completely free of those things. It is immune to criticism. It is unfearful of any challenge, and it feels beneath no one. And yet, it is also humble and feels superior to no one because it recognizes that everyone else is the same self, the same spirit in different disguises. That's the essential difference between object referral and self-referral. In self-referral, you experience your true being, which is unfearful of any challenge, has respect for all people, and feels beneath no one. Self-power is therefore true power. Power based on object referral, however, is false power. Being ego-based power, it lasts only as long as the object of reference is there. If you have a certain title, if you're the president of the country or the chairman of a corporation, or if you have a lot of money, the power you enjoy goes with the title, with the job, with the money. Ego-based power will only last as long as those things last. As soon as the title, the job, the money go away, so does the power. Self-power, on the other hand, is permanent because it is based on the knowledge of self, and there are certain characteristics of self-power. It draws people to you, and it also draws things that you want to you. It magnetizes people, situations, and circumstances to support your desires. This is also called support from the laws of nature. It is a support of divinity. It is a support that comes from being in the state of grace. Your power is such that you enjoy a bond with people, and people enjoy a bond with you. Your power is that of bonding, a bonding that comes from true love. How can we apply the law of pure potentiality, the field of all possibilities to our lives? 
If you want to enjoy the benefits of the field of pure potentiality, if you want to make full use of the creativity which is inherent in pure consciousness, then you have to have access to it. One way to access the field is through the daily practice of silence, meditation, and non-judgment. Spending time in nature will also give you access to the qualities inherent in the field, infinite creativity, freedom, and bliss. Practicing silence means making a commitment to take a certain amount of time to simply be. Experiencing silence means periodically withdrawing from the activity of speech. It also means periodically withdrawing from such activities as watching television, listening to the radio, or reading a book. If you never give yourself the opportunity to experience silence, this creates turbulence in your internal dialogue. Set aside a little time every once in a while to experience silence, or simply make a commitment to maintain silence for a certain period each day. You could do it for two hours, or if that seems a lot, do it for a one-hour period. And every once in a while, experience silence for an extended period of time, such as a full day or two days or even a whole week. What happens when you go into this experience of silence? Initially, your internal dialogue becomes even more turbulent. You feel an intense need to say things. I've known people who go absolutely crazy the first day or two when they commit themselves to an extended period of silence. A sense of urgency and anxiety suddenly comes over them. But as they stay with the experience, their internal dialogue begins to quiet. And soon the silence becomes profound. This is because after a while, the mind gives up. It realizes there's no point in going around and around if you, the self, the spirit, the choice maker, are not going to speak, period. Then, as the internal dialogue quiets, you begin to experience the stillness of the field of pure potentiality. Practicing silence periodically as it it is convenient to you is one way to experience the law of pure potentiality. Spending time each day in meditation is another. Ideally, you should meditate at least 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening. Through meditation, you will learn to experience the field of pure silence and pure awareness. In that field of pure silence is the field of infinite correlation, the field of infinite organizing power, the ultimate ground of creation where everything is inseparably connected with everything else. In the fifth spiritual law, the law of intention and desire, you'll see how you can introduce a faint impulse of intention in this field and the creation of your desires will come about spontaneously. But first you have to experience stillness. Stillness is the first requirement for manifesting your desires because in stillness lies your connection to the field of pure potentiality that can orchestrate an infinity of detail for you. Imagine throwing a little stone into a still pond and watching it ripple. Then after a while, when the ripple settles down, perhaps you throw another little stone. That's exactly what you do when you go into the field of pure silence and introduce your intention. In this silence, even the faintest intention will ripple across the underlying ground of universal consciousness, which connects everything with everything else. But if you do not experience stillness in consciousness, if your mind is like a turbulent ocean, you could throw the Empire State Building into it, and you wouldn't notice a thing. In the Bible is the expression, be still and know that I am God. This can only be accomplished through meditation. Another way to access the field of pure potentiality is through the practice of non-judgment. Judgment is the constant evaluation of things as right or wrong, good or bad. When you're constantly evaluating, classifying, labeling, analyzing, you create a lot of turbulence in your internal dialogue. This turbulence constricts the flow of energy between you and the field of pure potentiality. You literally squeeze the gap between thoughts. 
The gap is your connection to the field of pure potentiality. It is a state of pure awareness, that silent space between thoughts, that inner stillness that connects you to true power. And when you squeeze the gap, you squeeze your connection to the field of pure potentiality and infinite creativity. There's a prayer in A Course in in Miracles that states, Today I shall judge nothing that occurs. Non-judgment creates silence in your mind. It is a good idea, therefore, to begin your day with that statement. And throughout the day, remind yourself of that statement each time you catch yourself judging. If practicing this procedure for the whole day seems too difficult, then you may simply say to yourself, For the next two hours, I won't judge anything. Or for the next hour, I will experience non-judgment. Then you can extend it gradually. Through silence, through meditation, and through non-judgment, you will access the first law, the law of pure potentiality. Once you start doing that, you can add a fourth component to this practice, and that is regularly spending time in direct communion with nature. Spending time in nature enables you to sense the harmonious interaction of all the elements and forces of life and gives you a sense of unity with all of life. Whether it be a stream, a forest, a mountain, a lake, or the seashore, that connection with nature's intelligence will also help you access the field of pure potentiality. You must learn to get in touch with the innermost essence of your being. This true essence is beyond the ego. It is fearless. It is free. It is immune to criticism. It does not fear any challenge. It is beneath no one, superior to no one, and full of magic, mystery, and enchantment. Access to your true essence will also give you the insight into the mirror of relationship because all relationship is a reflection of your relationship with yourself. For example, if you have guilt, fear, and insecurity over money or success or anything else, then these are reflections uh, of guilt, fear, and insecurity as basis, basic aspects of your personality. No amount of money or success will solve these basic problems of existence. Only intimacy with the self will bring about true healing. And when you're grounded in the knowledge of your true self, when you really understand your true nature, you will never feel guilty, fearful, or insecure about money or affluence or fulfilling your desires because you will realize that the essence of all material wealth is life, energy. It is pure potentiality. And pure potentiality is your intrinsic nature. As you gain more and more access to your true nature, you will also spontaneously receive creative thoughts because the field of pure potentiality is also the field of infinite creativity and pure knowledge. Franz Kafka, the Australian philosopher and poet, once said, You need not leave your room. Remain sitting at your table and listen. You need not even listen. Simply wait. You need not even wait. Just learn to become quiet and still and solitary. The world will freely offer itself to you to be unmasked. It has no choice. It will roll in ecstasy at your feet. The affluence of the universe, the lavish display and abundance of the universe, is an expression of the creative mind of nature. The more tuned in you are to the mind of nature, the more you have access to its infinite, unbounded creativity. But first, you have to go beyond the turbulence of your internal dialogue to connect with that abundant, affluent, infinite, creative mind. And then you create the possibility of dynamic activity while at the same time carrying the stillness of the eternal, unbounded, creative mind. This exquisite combination of silent, unbounded, infinite mind along with the dynamic, bounded individual mind is the perfect balance of stillness and movement simultaneously that can create whatever you want. This coexistence of opposites, stillness and dynamism at the same time make you independent of situations, circumstances, people and things. When you quietly acknowledge this existence, this exquisite coexistence of opposites, you align yourself with the world of energy. 
the quantum soup, the non-material, non-stuff that is the source of the material world. This world of energy is fluid, dynamic, resilient, changing, forever in motion, and yet it is also non-changing, still, quiet, eternal, and silent. Stillness alone is the potentiality for creativity. Movement alone is creativity restricted to a certain aspect of its expression. But the combination of movement and stillness enables you to unleash your creativity in all directions, wherever the power of your attention takes you. Wherever you go in the midst of movement and activity, carry your stillness within you. Then the chaotic movement around you will never overshadow your access to the reservoir of creativity, the field of pure potentiality. All right, so that gets down to the end of that chapter. Very powerful. I'm sure you would agree. Uh, the law of pure potentiality. It's getting to the base base level of everything. So beautiful. And actually, here's at the end of each chapter, he gives, um, uh, you know, little exercises applying the law of pure potentiality. In this case, he says, I'll put the law of pure potentiality into effect by making a commitment to take the following steps. One, I will get in touch with the field of pure potentiality by taking time each day to be silent, to just be. I will also sit alone in silent meditation at least twice a day for approximately 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening. Two, I will take time each day to commune with nature and to silently witness the intelligence within every living thing. I will sit sit silently and watch a sunset or listen to the sound of the ocean or stream or simply smell the scent of a flower. In the ecstasy of my own silence and by communing with nature, I will enjoy the life throb of ages, the field of pure potentiality and unbounded creativity. Three, I will practice non-judgment. I will begin my day with the statement, today I shall judge nothing that occurs. And throughout the day, I will remind myself not to judge. That's the end, guys. Chapter one, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Such a powerful, powerful... um, Book. I, I'm really glad it's been so long since I've read this. And like I said, it's been in the back of my mind um, to revisit it for myself, of course, and you guys and to share it with you. Uh, I hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, I think you do. <laughs> if you're tuning into this show, you enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. It's, it's such a wonderful, wonderful insight. You know, he talked about the unmoved mover is essentially what it is it's it's both and you're finding the the dance you're finding the flow you're finding how to to utilize what you've got and what you are and the gift that is your life how do how do you how do you utilize this seemingly complex gift of life and i think a lot of times we're overwhelmed by by it all i don't know exactly what to do there's so many thoughts there's so many things there's so many opinions so many this just is breaking it down in a way that I have no doubt if we if we go through this together and really take it to heart and really apply um, the concepts and apply the uh, the the you know the lessons the exercises you know non judgment um, you you continue to attract what you judge until you no longer judge what you attract uh, as a, a quote that. I saw recently that I've said on the show, it's like, let's stop the judgment. Let's get in touch with our divinity. If you don't have time, you should meditate. You know, he's saying, but an hour a day, uh, Ocho would say, if you don't, you should meditate an hour a day. Well, unless 
You don't, uh, not that there's any really set time. He's suggesting that, right? But Osho, Osho would say something to the effect of, you should meditate an hour a day. Unless you don't have time, you should meditate too. <laughs> so make the time, make this a priority. Go into nature, even if it's for a few moments. I think this is something that is highly, highly underrated connecting. You know, walk your bare feet on the ground and just be really aware, bring presence to that moment and see how empowering it can be for you. All right, folks. Well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, speaking of being in nature, there's a song, a beautiful song by Ayla Nerio, who I've played before uh, off her new album. It's called Whispers. And uh, yes, it is. Uh, well, you can hear it for yourself. It's a beautiful ode to nature. And uh, until next time, I love you all. I am singing to you, Redwood, hear this song. Birch bark, weeping willow, dogwood, blooming moonlight, cedar, let it fall far away, oak, you bore my body, babe, I bade you all. Keepers, givers of life to these lungs, may I open my ears and surrender. What will you tell me? How can I tend you? How can I tend to the ones who pour life through these lungs? Choose it. 